Welcome to the Empowered Homes Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to be a resource to connect church and home by growing strong families. Hey friends, it's Bobby. On today's episode, we have a special guest. Pastor Ryan Rush interviews his dad, Dean Rush. Um, they talk about the economic uncertainties of everything that's going on today and uh, you know, job loss, career transitioning, and, and rebounding, and, and what it means for us. You see, Dean has been through a lot. He's got uh, a great wisdom when it comes to uh, all of these things, and, and part of his retirement is he's given back. Uh, he helps uh, lead a bunch of career transition classes and, and does some stuff for people all over to help with this very thing. And so it's a great interview. Um, they talk about some resources. If you want to find any more resources or anything like that, go to empoweredhomes.org. Hey, thanks for joining me. I'm Ryan Rush, and I have an opportunity to talk to a special guest today about a topic that is unfortunately all too important right now. And that's the topic of job loss. So job security, transition, whatever you want to call it. And even uh, I think it applies to some who are, maybe still have their jobs, but are concerned about those. And that's, that's a lot of Americans right now. How are we supposed to address that, uh, not only from a biblical perspective, but just from a practical one? And that's why I'm so excited about our guest today. Uh, our guest today has, uh, has not only uh, lived in a number of careers and been used in amazing ways, but also had the privilege of having an unbelievable son. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm talking about my father. Welcome, Dean Rush. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to be here. With that introduction. I know. I'm just kidding. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my dad. So my dad uh, grew up in Indiana, played basketball. I think that's a part. Of, it's like a rite of passage when you grow up in Indiana. He was really good at it. Played professional basketball for a little while. Was in uh, the Air Force. Served our, our country proudly in, uh, in the Vietnam War. And then after that, was in the Air Force a number of years after that. Had uh, my sister and I uh, with my mom and, and uh, so grateful. We had a great family. And then he got out of the Air Force and helped to start an airline, out of the airline. Uh, he went from the airline to starting an, an airport, a uh, small airport in a small town outside of Austin, Texas. Uh, that's where most of my growing up years were, serving alongside him in small businesses that we owned uh, as he was an entrepreneur along with my mom. And then uh, went from there uh, into a really kind of forced transition, uh, serving in aviation once again. Uh, worked for uh, the the uh, affiliate of American Airlines that handles the, uh, the 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 corporate aviation side, and with Signature Aircraft, and then with Fairchild Dornier that built aircraft, and then out of that ended up uh, following a call to ministry later in life. And uh, now my dad is what some would say in quotes retired, but that means he also serves on the board of Hallmark College in San Antonio, helps to uh, to run a ministry that. Um, that that he founded that that helps uh, people in business uh, bring bring Christ into the the business arena, and then also teaches classes online as an adjunct professor. That's not exactly how I would do retirement, but that's how my dad does it uh, because he does not stop. So, uh, Dad, I, I mentioned just a moment ago all these different chapters of life, and there were times when you chose to go from one to another, and there were some other times in there that. Uh, kind of circumstances and issues and even some crisis led you to those transitions. Uh, what, what was that like? Um, it, was, uh, it was an interesting time because uh, 
you think back on it now, I realize God was in the middle of it because I was learning how to uh, how to operate in a world that uh, I was trying to control, but in fact, God was controlling it, and it worked out much better <laughs> than than my plans. Um, we learned from all of those. Uh, those incidents of crisis or challenge that uh, that we're going to get through it. Yeah. Uh, as you know, one of the greatest challenges we had was um, we were involved in those businesses you were talking about. We're very thankful. Life is going well. Uh, we had a son. Um, Ryan was, I guess, a teenager and Holly was in college and the, uh, the world looked good. And then suddenly, uh, out of the blue, I found out that I had stage four cancer. Um, and the future looked pretty bleak. And I felt totally uh, worthless. And I think sometimes when we look at life, uh, that's the toughest thing to find out uh, that you feel worthless, because that's not what God has in mind for us. And in James 1, 2, uh, I don't want to get too philosophical or biblical, but I want to tell you James 1, 2, it outlines it very well because uh, Jesus says uh, to his disciples that we're supposed to be thankful for all challenges because they build perseverance. That's sort of my interpretation, but it's true. Um, when I had cancer, we got through it and we got through it as a family and the family unit, uh, I have to look back and say, was probably my greatest asset during that time. Um, Ryan jumped in and worked and Holly jumped in and worked. Uh, she did things like she sold her car uh, so that we could pay some bills. And Ryan worked when he was um, in college and high school and doing some things that um, teenagers didn't have to do. But we stuck together as a family and that gave me enough um, incentive to just try a little harder and uh, had nothing to do with me. But when I finally got down on my knees and said, God, I'm not worth anything to anybody. I can't, uh, I can't make money like I used to. I can't do these things. And, and I give it all to you. And as soon as I did that, it, it wasn't a miraculous healing, but over the months, things began to change. And, um, and it changed, as Ryan said, I went to, uh, went to American Airlines quite by accident. A guy that had worked for me 10 years before called me when no one would hire me and said, um, Dean, I have a possibility. You're probably not interested, but uh, we have a need for someone to manage a fixed base operation. That's a place where corporate airplanes go to be repaired and fly and charter and refuel. And uh, I said, where is it? And he said, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, that was my first introduction to American Airlines. And uh, I wasn't going to turn him down because I didn't expect to have a job. And I uh, told him about the cancer and my life expectation. He said, I'll tell you what, uh, we'll give health insurance to your family. Uh, probably have to hold up on you for a while. And I said, that's fine. I got up there and I said, by the way, Dale, um, how much is this job going to pay? And he told me, and it's ironic because uh, he said, 
it was exactly 10% of what I had made on our IRS form, uh, IRS form the year I'd gotten sick. So uh, we laughed as a family and said, we're tithing in reverse. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, we, Dad, I remember those days because there's so many parts to the story. By the way, my dad's written a book called Flying Free. You can look at Amazon.com and find that. It's fascinating because there, there's more than we can go into here. But as we're talking about transitions and, and challenges, kind of forced transitions, uh, I can remember when that business all sort of fell apart and all that you'd worked really, I'd never seen anybody work as hard as my dad making these things go and my mom making things, these things go. And it all just sort of crumbled in front of us. And I, uh, in between semesters at college, was driving one of the U-Haul trucks in, in, uh, along with my sister while you were driving the other one as we took all our worldly possessions up to Michigan from our hometown uh, because everything had just kind of fallen apart. I thought, what in the world just happened? You ended up in a rent house there in Michigan with a kind of a commission-based job, I think. And and it turned out, years later, got to look back and say, that was one of the best things business-wise that ever happened to you. And it didn't seem like it at the time. And I think there's a lot of people probably right now who think that the world is crashing in and nothing could possibly come out of it that's good. But uh, I found uh, as... a We've seen so many times God redeems all that he allows, and he has the ability and the wisdom to do that over and over again. So I wonder, when you look back on that season, uh, we haven't even touched on the legal challenges that took place because of your business partner, but everything's changing. There's not a lot, as you said, that that feels like solid ground at the moment. Uh, What was the best advice you received? I think the best advice I received was... uh, Actually, from my grandfather years before, uh, um, and it does relate, but uh, when I was on the way to Vietnam, no one in our family had ever been in combat, and my wife, uh, Vicki, and I went by to see him. I, he was sort of the person that helped raise me, and uh, I loved to sit and talk to him on his front porch, and we were on the way, on the way to Vietnam and uh, stopped, and and we were sitting out there talking, and. Uh, I just said, uh, or he said to me, Dean, I have a question. I said, what's that? He said, "Um, are you afraid? And I said, uh, yeah, I couldn't lie to my grandfather. I said, yes. He went inside, got his Bible, came out. It was open to Deuteronomy 31.6. That's where Moses tells Joseph Joseph that he can't, uh, excuse me, uh, Moses tells Joshua that uh, he can't, go into the promised land and uh, Joshua's going to have to lead everybody in. And Joshua said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm afraid. And uh, Moses said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will not leave you or abandon you, even in the face of your enemy. Uh, My enemy at that time was just fear of being able to continue. Your enemy may be uh, just having to change careers, but When we change careers, uh, we're going to be able to take what we've learned in the last part of our career life and use it. And it's a pretty good building block because you learn lessons over time. Wow, that's really good. I apologize to everybody for my phone ringing there. It's been ringing quite a bit, but um, I'm I'm on the phone here with a VIP and then I have to turn my phone off. (laughs) You know, Dad, there's there's people who are... um, 
watching this and they're trying to figure out, okay, what's next as far as jobs? And it's maybe been a while since they've had a job hunt. What's the, what's the first thing people need to do when they're looking for a job? What would you tell them to do first? Um, the thing that I tell people, first of all, is to the, the primary objective is to reach God's purpose for your life. Each one of us are built differently. We do things differently. And, uh, but we all have a gift. And um, knowing that gift is there and having the faith to pursue it uh, is the most important uh, aspect of finding a new job. Uh, we have faith in everything. We have faith that the car key is going to work in our car, the front door is going to lock. But having the faith to go forward when we don't know exactly what the circumstance is going to be takes a lot of courage. And um, I think that's something we have to face and understand. Okay, so when we cling to our faith from a practical standpoint, we understand that God has uniquely gifted each of us. Would you say then, uh, you're trying to identify your individual strengths or what, what, what God, God has wired you to do for that next position? Would you, would you ask other people to tell you that? Or would you, I think that's important because well, I've heard you say so many times, people get tunnel vision and think, well, I only worked in this particular area. And so there's no jobs available in this particular area. So I guess I'll stay home. I don't know what to do next. So how do you, how do you do that? How can you identify strengths rather than just maybe what's been on your resume before? Well, I, I think um, we, you know, we casually say pray, but it's not a casual request. Uh, praying just to understand yourself. Uh, we always try to understand other people, but a lot of people don't understand themselves. So uh, the most important uh, aspect, I think, of seeking advice from yourself and those that love you. Um, I worked for a guy one time uh, who promoted me, and uh, he was pretty tough. And I asked him one time why he promoted me, and he said, you were honest with me. You would say no. Um, when I said no, I was afraid he was going to get fired. But if you're honest with people and yourself and you say, Hey, I can't do that. That leads you in a different direction. Find the things that you can do. Find the things that you feel God wants you to do. Talk to your spouse, uh, talk to your best friend, talk to somebody who will say that you're wrong and be honest with you because you'll find you're surrounded by people that love you enough to be honest with you and they'll help you lead to the right, right thing. That's really good. And it reminds me kind of a, a similar question, but dad, I've seen you help uh, hundreds of people who are in transition to, to rebound well, to, to kind of excel in that time that seems the most dangerous, if you will. Um, and so I know you've seen people make really good decisions and sometimes make some bad decisions that ended up kind of making them take a step back. What's the biggest mistake that you think people make uh, during this time of transition? I think the biggest mistake that I see commonly made is people trying to go back to uh, what they were doing. Uh, we've had uh, people, and by the way, this isn't just my ministry. There's some great people in the, in the church that have helped with this. Um, and we've had about 350 people go through this recent class of, uh, called Career Transition Workshop. The biggest problem that we see almost normally or regularly is that people want to go back to what they were doing, exactly the way they're doing. And it didn't work. Um, 
we've had people come on and I'll say, okay, what would you like to do? What, what do you think God wants you to do? And they said, well, I was vice president. I want another job as vice president. We've had other people that were vice presidents come in and say, you know, I need to figure out how to make a living. Uh, and a good example, we had young, one young man who was a CPA come in. He couldn't get a job as a CPA after the recent oil turned down about three years ago. He took a job at Lowe's, started at Lowe's, um, I think hauling boxes around. Uh, he then became a manager at Lowe's. And now he's in Boston managing a huge Lowe's. And, um, but he's finally satisfied with what he's doing. And uh, you, can't, you can't forecast what God's gonna do for you, but don't give up. You may have to start at the bottom. Uh, yeah. I did that with America. I had no idea 11 years later, I'd be president of that division. But God took me there. I didn't choose and I can't brag about it because it wasn't my idea. Yeah, well, God used it for sure, and you were you were ready to respond. I, I watched it firsthand. So we'll talk about two two primary transitions that I remember in your life, Dad, that were kind of the most out of your control. There were other times when you transitioned, of course, from the Air Force to the airline, and and uh, when you moved to to start your own business with the uh, with the airport and the fixed base operation. There, those were one. But when I think about um, kind of the forced transition with the small business and all that happened because of the, the illness, uh, that was not what you'd want. And then I think about the other transition uh, later on when you took on kind of a real challenge with Fairchild Dornier, and then they ended up moving all their operations back to Europe and shut down all their North American operations, which you were running. And so it was like, well, here we are. So, so those are, those are a little bit different in the sense of the, uh, the airport though, you owned your own business. I know a lot of people own their own small business or they're in a situation where they haven't uh, necessarily been kicked out the door yet, but the ship is sinking, right? Especially I think in the, in the sense of entrepreneurs and they're trying to figure out, okay, when is, when am I persevering and hanging on and when am I hanging on too long? And I know sometimes people come to you and ask you that question, if, if they haven't lost their job yet, or they're, they're in a situation where they own a business and things are not going well, uh, when is the time to move on? Um, that's a very, very interesting question. And it almost uh, is an individual judgment. The main, the main thing I usually advise people to do is to look at what they have in assets and figure out how far those assets are going to go. Um, most people, and I learned this, uh, very abruptly as a, as an entrepreneur, I love to start businesses, but I, it took me a while to realize that a business is not just a dream. A business has to have a, uh, a cash flow. It has to be able to produce results. And, uh, if you go just for the dream uh, portion of the business, uh, it doesn't last very long. You need to bring people in that can support you, um, people that you can empower uh, to help you make decisions. You need to be, if you're going to grow a business, it's not grown by yourself. Someone used the analogy of a turtle, turtle on a fence post. Uh, it didn't get there by itself. <laughs> That's right. But the idea is that, that, you know that uh, you can utilize people around you and then look at the future and be realistic. Um, 
as you know, Ryan, we've had a couple of instances where we just ended up saying, you know, I don't want to be in this business. Uh, one of the businesses that Ryan would uh, hesitate to talk about was one in the restaurant business. We didn't want to be in it. A friend talked us into it. And uh, I admire people that can be successful there because I was not. And I had to call my son and my daughter a couple of times to be waiters and waitresses um, when they should have been in church. Uh, it was done much more good <laughs> praying than doing what they were doing. And uh, because I ended up being the cook a couple times when the cook didn't show up. The idea is you're always going to find an unknown. So look ahead and see what you want to do. In that case, we opted out. We sold out. And uh, I'm so thankful that uh, someone was there to pick up the pieces. But uh, I learned from it. We took that lesson. We did some other things that were successful, and I'm very thankful for those. Well, Dad, I, I know that just uh, hearing the legend, and there were there were a number of years we played basketball together quite often. I, you're a pretty good rebounder, and then in life, you've been a great rebounder uh, when it comes to challenging situations. And so that's one of the things that really gives me confidence when I see challenges. I've seen God bring you through so many things, and and God bring us through so many challenging times. And so. Uh, I hope that we can just uh, share that confidence with somebody who's watching who thinks the world is falling apart and they think life can't go on. Listen, you can make it. And the wonderful thing about being in the United States of America is we have a land of opportunity where you get to start from here and go on. Even if it seems hopeless, I'm grateful for that. And so, Dad, as we close, are there any final words of, of advice or insight that you'd give to somebody who's in a little bit of a panic mode right now? Um, it goes back to that verse that I quoted earlier, uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will not leave you or abandon you, even in the face of your enemy. Your enemy may be fear. It may be being destitute. It may be, uh, fighting for your life, but God is going to be with you and, uh, try to learn from every experience because as you get older and mature, you can look back and say, okay, that was really a foundation God was giving me at the time. That's really good. Dean Rush, everybody. You can learn more about uh, all that's happening there at faithbreakthroughs.com. You can also all, always uh, keep up with some of the things we're doing at empoweredhomes.org as well. well. We'll put some links on there for some opportunities for those who will be job hunting or trying to figure out even where to start. There's some great resources out there. Dad, thanks again. I'm proud of you. Love you. Love you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Empowered Homes podcast. For more content and information to connect church and home, please visit empoweredhomes.org.